It's Friday night, and your work week is over. Get back and get the latest on the Indianapolis Colts. Jonathan Taylor, touchdown! The 10, the 5, a pick 6 for the Colts! Get up to speed on the Colts and the NFL, starting now. And he walks into the end zone! Touchdown, I-N-D-Y! This is the Colts Happy Hour on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Hey, when I said don't move, I mean don't move. Don't go anywhere. I got an hour of Colts conversation and preseason starts coming up tomorrow, 1 o'clock. I am going to set the pace for the Colts 2022 campaign. It is me on the Colts pregame huddle with Bill Brooks and the Goreman. The Goreman is going to be staked out in Buffalo coming up tomorrow afternoon. So two hours of the Colts pregame huddle with us. Countdown to kickoff, Matt Taylor, Joe Wrights, and the Goreman. And then, of course, you got the kick coming up from Buffalo at 4 o'clock. Television-wise, which, you know, we care about radio here, right? But because we'll give a tip of the cap to Greg Rakestraw, Rick Venturi, and Lara Overton, who are going to have you TV-wise on the 5-9er coming up tomorrow afternoon. So there you go. Uh, listen, preseason, right, officially underway, no doubt about that preseason games coming up later off tonight i'll give you that rundown a little bit later on Colts happy hour brought to you by fanduel sportsbook download the app today and make every moment count a lot for you and i mean a ton of colts content so let's go ahead and get started i mentioned a little bit earlier that back i believe on tuesday or wednesday it was the uh Quarterback, we actually, it was Wednesday. We bridged the gap. We went back in the day with Gerard Powers from the Colts secondary. He does a podcast. He talked NFL with us. And we went present day with a guy that a lot of folks are counting on in that secondary this season, a part of Gus Bradley's defense, former defensive player of the year in the NFL, Stephon Gilmore, joined us. And this is how it sounded. Joining us now on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, it is the former NFL Defensive Player of the Year who signed in the offseason here with the Colts. Stephon Gilmore is with us. Stephon, thank you for the time. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I am fantastic. It is great to have you on here because I think you're one of the more intriguing assets that we'll talk about over the course of this season with the Colts. I guess where I want to start here, we haven't talked before. I'm curious, what sold you on wanting to be a part of this Colts situation this season? I think um, I just looked at the situation. I kind of took my time down free agency and, and looked around, and um, I like what the Colts, um, you know, brought to the table. And uh, with all the other talent that's on the team, I just wanted to, you know, bring my talents on this team, um, knowing the potential the team has, um, just adding someone like myself and, a couple other players so we can get over top and, you know, hopefully um, have a good year this year. He is Stefan Gilmore with us. Did you get a sales pitch from any of your present teammates or was it all about Chris Ballard and company coming at you? I think Chris um, came at me, but I also knew like anymore. Um, Darius, a lot of players um, before and um, just asked them how was the environment, you know, how was the team? Uh, and I'm, um, I like it, you know, it's, uh, it's good people, you know, it, work hard, um, you know, got great potential. We just got to go out there and put it all together and be able to win some games. 
As far as what you're trying to do, and this is what I gather, you know, from obviously camp been going on for a couple of weeks now, it seems like not only are you trying to perform at the highest level, which you always do, but you're also trying to get that from the teammates around you. You're trying to push those that are playing with you and against you up in Westfield for a, a, a similar level here as far as excellence is concerned. Is it kind of a little bit of coaching is what you're doing as well on the field? Yeah, for sure, because, you know, um, I was once, you know, a young guy at one point, and I, I would like to, you know, hear hear a lot of knowledge from, like, a player like myself or older player that's seen a lot of football. So I try to help him in a lot of ways, uh, whether it's on the field, off the field, um, you know, teaching them how to, you know, make plays. And, um, you know, that's that's I think that's what we need in this game. You know, we need guys to, you know, talk to each other and help them out, you know, um, on the field and off the field. He is Stephon Gilmore, the Colts, with us. Did you have a – impactful veteran teammate that did the same with you either in Buffalo or maybe even in New England back in the day? I think, um, you know, a lot of people helped me out in my career. Um, you know, when I was younger, uh, now I kind of had like the safeties helping me out, like Jerry Spurr, guys like that. And, uh, you know, once I got to New England, you know, like the, Devin McCourty, you know, Patrick Chung and those guys that had been there that played a lot of ball. Um, and, you know, and you just – you know, I, I always told myself, you know, when I get older, I'm going to be the same way um, because, you know, the game is not that hard. You know, if you if you, can, if you can take on the mental part of it, it'll make your job a lot easier. Um, so I try to help out a lot. I want to talk about the mental part of it because you play a position in which you have to have the shortest of short memories because we, we know this NFL-wise, it is stacked, the deck is you know, leaning toward the offense, and you've got to have a, a short memory. How long did it take you to advance that thought in Buffalo on to New England? How long did it take you to get used to, you know what, there are moments here that you're not always going to come out on top, and you have to forget about those moments? I think yes, I try to stay even kill. you know. Even when you're doing good, you kind of try to stay even kill and, um, you know, just keep a level head, you know, focus on the next play no matter what happened. You know, it's easier said than done, but I think for my demeanor, you know, I try to stay in the moment and uh, and try to take on each and every moment. And I think they help me out um, each and every game and each and every year. I want to get uh, a couple of different angles. And Stefan Gilmore of the Colts, kind enough to join us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Let's start with your defensive teammates. What do you really like about the group around you in that Colts secondary? I think a lot, we got a lot of talent in the secondary. You know, uh, we got safeties that can, play the ball in the air, come down and hit. Uh, we got corners that can cover, and they also not afraid to tackle. So I think as a secondary, we got a little bit of everything. You know, we just got to, you know, keep dialing down the communication and um, just keep playing with each other because we got a, uh, a lot of new faces um, in the secondary. Um, some some been here, but we got once we gel together, I think, it's you know, that's what it's about, gelling together at the right time, being able to trust each other. And uh, I think our talents will take over from there. I have a uh, a great deal of thought on what you have teammate-wise up front. I, I think that that is, at least on paper, eyeballing this, as good of a group up front defensively as you're going to find throughout the NFL. What do you think about what's in front of you, certainly on the defensive line, and then how can that help a secondary that might have a little bit youth, and obviously with you as well, that veteran presence, help you out longer term defensively this season? Yeah, for sure. I think those guys up front, you know, those guys are very talented. You know, they they can, you know, stop the run. They can put pressure on the quarterback, you know, and that allow our job to be so much easier. 
you know, it goes hand in hand. You know, we can play tight coverage on the back end and those guys getting after the quarterback, stopping the run. And I think, you know, the sky's the limit with that. And, um, you know, those guys, you know, you got to appreciate them because, you know, those guys, just, their job is tough. Our job is tough. But, you know, if, if they can, you know, be one of the best in the league, you know, it's going to help us out a lot. Stefan, how good can this defense be collectively, in your opinion, this year? I think we can be good, but I like I'm, I'm a person that always thinks you have to go out and show it, and you know you have to earn it. Um, you know, but you know, on paper, you know, a lot, I feel like a lot of teams think they look good, but you know, you, once you once you get out there, you gotta you gotta show them and show the league what you made of. You know, it, Stephon Gilmore joins us. One of the things we talked about around here, following the Colts for a number of years, would be the wide receiver position. And obviously, Michael Pittman Jr. went over a thousand yards a year ago. We, we know that what he brings to the table. How have you, how have you looked at this wide receiving group, this pass catching group for the Colts, in terms of maybe what the average fan or a media per, media person doesn't see? What have they impressed upon you? I think there are a lot of big receivers um, that can make, you know, big catches. Like you say, Pierce, um, you know, PC, um, you know, a lot of guys that, you know, that's not, um, you know, may not have a lot of height, but those guys can make plays. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to those guys having a good year, you know, and uh, coming out and doing what they're capable of doing. You know, with Matty Ice, you know, throwing in the ball, I think it's going to be a good, good thing going. Um, you bring up Alec Pierce, who's a rookie out of Cincinnati, a second-round pick. You have been, at least early in camp, going up against him a great deal. Are you, uh, you you giving him a really good sense of what to expect as a rookie trying to get used to the NFL level at wide receiver? Yeah, for sure. I try to, you know, uh, make it hard on him as much as I can. That's any receiver that I go against. But, you know, I try to, you know, talk to him and, you know, play certain techniques on him just so, you know, make it once again the game comes easier you know i'm looking forward to him you know stepping up you know as a rookie and making plays also you've been in the nfl at that position which goes without saying is a great deal of achievement because that is a position that that can be tough on folks you're a former nfl defensive player of the year but i'm curious was there a defining moment maybe it was in buffalo maybe it was early on where you knew that you could be this level of player? I mean, maybe ultimately this came back in college, but was there an NFL-defining moment where you thought, yep, this is me and this is how good I can be? I think I always knew um, since I got drafted to Buffalo. You know, um, you know, I played there five years, you know, went through three different coaches, uh, four different defensive coordinators. You know, and I think I always made plays in Buffalo, but once I got to New England, you know, everyone, everyone pretty much saw it. You know, and um, you know, was able to win more games. You know, get more notoriety. I think so. Um, I think I always had it. You know, uh, I was just you know uh, younger. You know, in Buffalo, was trying to learn. You know, going through a lot of different staff and stuff like that, and was able to turn it over in New England. Um, is, is New England as different NFL wise as people say it is, or is that just a, a lot of conversation from those that's never been on the inside of it like you have? different i think every every team has their you know different things that they how they run their organization um you know, a place like that you know i think you know teach you a lot about football you know that's one thing you know i appreciate from there they, they taught me a lot about the game and you know as far as getting better and, and knowing what the offense is doing you know being a smarter football player so um you know i think everyone run that team differently 
What do you expect from this team this year overall? We talked about defensively what you expect. What do you expect from this team? To win, you know, that's the goal, just win. You know, that's that's the thing that you want to do whatever it takes. You know, you never know how the game is going to go. But at the end of the end of the quarter, uh, just to, to make sure it's a W on the column. So um, that's the thing that, you know, we really focus on, you know, whatever it takes to win. Toughest dude you've ever had to go up against? Maybe past or present NFL player right now? Probably Calvin Johnson. Yeah. Just, Calvin Johnson. I, I yeah. wondered, too, and you can answer why. I think we all understand why. But I like the fact that you, <laughs> you gave me a, a player that's no longer in the league because I assumed that you probably wouldn't give me a player in the league right now because you may match up against them at some point. <laughs> yeah. Correct? Yeah. yeah. But I think Calvin Johnson was the hardest cover. Uh, how big he was and physically and, you know, yep. everything he brought to the game. All right. Are you adapting to Indy okay? How do you like things around here? It's good. I like it. Uh, you know, it's just getting adjusted. Family like it. So it's, just a, it's a good uh, – I'm looking forward to, you know, getting in Indy a little more. I like it so far. Um, Gus Bradley, defensive coordinator and the coaching staff, something you can get with. Has that been a pretty easy acclimation process for you as well? Yeah, it's good. You know, Gus is a great guy, great coach. Coached a lot of great players. And um, I think, you know, he's going to allow us to put us in the position to make plays. So, um, you know, he's he's going to bring a lot to the table. He, he's on us every day. So hey, that's I, a great thing. I've said this constantly, uh, and I know we live in an era where everybody wants to talk about offense, offense and offense. I can't wait to see you guys play. I'm really excited about this Colts defense. Stefan, I appreciate your time. Thanks for being on with us today. And we'll do it again over the course of the season. Have a fantastic rest of training camp. Appreciate it. Thank you. Stefan Gilmore with me early in the week. Uh, if you missed any of that conversation and uh, didn't catch the one that we just played, 1075thefan.com is the podcast. He was outstanding this week. Registration for the 10th annual Indianapolis Colts 5K Run and Walk presented by Indiana University Health and sponsored in part by CBS4 and Meyer. Now open. All in-person events will take place at Lucas Oil Stadium on Saturday, the 27th of this month. Participants will finish the race on the 50-yard line and enjoy a post-race celebration. Participants also receive a finisher T-shirt medal and a ticket to the Colts' home preseason game versus the Buccaneers that evening. More info easily found. Sign up. Do this. Log on. Colts 5 k Com. Other side on Colts Happy Hour, the Goreman and Casey Valle talked to Cameron Wolf of the NFL Network. That and more keeping you in tune. The preseason begins for the Colts coming up tomorrow. Colts pregame huddle, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. That is me, Bill Brooks, and the Goreman is going to be live in Buffalo again, 1 o'clock in the afternoon coming up tomorrow with the Colts pregame huddle. Quick break. Back with you next. It is Colts Happy Hour, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. A full hour dedicated to Colts football. This is the Colts Happy Hour on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Valier bringing us back in with Perry Fail right there. Changes. Dan Patch Stakes tonight. Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino in Anderson is our location. Thank you for joining us here today. Colts Happy Hour here is on at 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Now, uh, this reminder, too, because this is going to be a great thing, and I have heard 
I can't tell you, but I have heard that there are going to be a couple of other incredible entertainers, incredible musicians a part of this. But the Jim Irsay collection is coming to Indy. The collection will make a stop at Lucas Oil Stadium on the 9th of September. The event will be open to the public, and while tickets are free, advanced registration will be required to attend. Follow the Jim Irsay collection on Facebook and Twitter for additional details as the event gets closer. I know Ann Wilson of Heart, who's got a new album coming out, is going to be a part of that. Uh, Mike Wanchek of Mellencamp's band. Uh, the drummer, Kenny Arnoff, is going to be a part of it. One of the co-founders of REM, Mike Mills, will be a part of it. Um, Kenny Wayne Shepard is going to be there, too. Buddy Guy, I believe, is coming down from Chicago. Buddy Guy, the great blues artist, was up with Jim and the gang uh, a week before last, last week, actually, up in Chicago at Navy Pier. It's going to be an excellent event. That is the Jim Ursay Collection. And they'll have a couple of more incredible names for you. Um, and we'll, I'm sure, talk about that as we get closer meantime Colt happy hour once again returns with more nfl conversation it is the gore man and casey valier and from the nfl network reporter cameron wolf joins them fellas let's talk now with the nfl network cam wolf joins us we heard you earlier today and i want to touch on that about the presence of what matt ryan brings to this camp we got to start there with the new quarterback and obviously we've had some you know rotating doors the last two years here when it comes to the quarterback position what is so far so what have you seen out of Matt Ryan that he brings to this camp? Yeah, rotating doors is one way to say it. He probably have more rounds in the carousel, right? Uh, I think the biggest thing for Matt Ryan is he's been there, done that. And so it seems like everything's business-like here, whereas previous years it may have been on a quarterback, is he going to be the guy? Last year with Carson, there were some things early in the offseason about the, the vaccine that was kind of holding on the storyline-wise. So it seems like here it's it's calm. It's kind of boring, which is right. which is a good thing for the Colts. And for, for Matt, when you look at him, consistency is the worst that always comes up 10 straight years of 4,000 plus yards and 20 touchdowns and so players here know this guy has proven it it's not a guy where you're hoping he can prove it you know he's done it you just hope that you can elevate your game to match it and so um watching Frank Reich's offense he's going to be a great fit here the timing based element a lot of times last season you watched them and they were going off script a little bit more than I think Frank Reich wanted to do so I think it's going to be a lot more timing based and that's where Matt Ryan thrives so I'm eager to see all the pieces together there's certainly questions about the receiving group but I think quarterback in particular is one where they don't have to worry about at least in 2022 that's Cam Wolf from the NFL Network follow him on Twitter at Cameron Wolf he's got to throw to somebody Cam he's <laughs> yes. got to throw to somebody got to. And, and a lot of people are talking about that right that that big elephant in the room right now led by Michael Pittman this receiver core is a young one mm -hmm. Matt Ryan a, a veteran like that do you like the mix with the young and the old so I do I am worried about that number two receiver spot uh, you know it's tough because nobody's done it done it yet right and when you look at the guys their options none of those three guys Alec Pierce uh, Paris Campbell Ashton Doolin none of those guys even had 200 receiving yards in their right. career and so you're hoping it's all hope and potential which Every time you go to training camp, everybody has hope until week one hits and it's like, wow, <laughs> it's all gone. And so I, I, I'm eager to see the rookie. I think he's probably your best shot for that true number uh, two receiver in Alec Pierce. And so I know that Matt, Michael Pittman is going to be out there. I think that he's a true number one receiver, and I think he could take even a bigger jump. But I'm eager to see where does it pick up. Is it Naheem Hines? I know they've been running him in the slot a lot. Can he take that, that jump to where he was right. early in his career, getting 60, 70 balls out of the game? Is it just a compilation? 
addition of all the other guys, how does it all pair up when it's on the field? So Matt Ryan's going to cover a lot of things, but he's going to need those guys to step up, not draw passes, be where they need to go, and really just be a fit for what he wants in this offense. You, you bring up, you know, Michael Pittman Jr., and we, we've seen, you know, kind of that elevation from year one to year two. So he's entering in year three, yeah. and there's, you know, there's a, there's a, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on him. He's clearly the, the number one. When you look at him and you say you think he's a number one, where do you think you can see his game elevate? Yeah, so I think when he came out of college, a lot of people thought he was just a contested catch guy. I think there's been, been more nuance in his game. You see his route running ability. You see the way that he can take on number one corners and not get discouraged. That's what you want to see from a number one receiver. I think for him, the next step is, you know, I want to see all assets. I want to see him consistently. Um, if you, you need to run him out of the slot every play in a game because you're trying to get him away from a number one corner, right. can he adjust his game week to week on that? I want to see him, you know, not not to say he becomes a diva, but call for the ball in specific situations. It's third down. Matt, right. I'm your guy. Give me the rock. And so that comes through through uh, trust and, and, and really your overall um, command and your presence. And so he did it last year. Now it's the second year where you're, you're proving that it wasn't a fluke. That's one of the things that, you know, when people have asked me, that's kind of what I say. It doesn't necessarily have to be the statistical yes. thing. It's more of, you know, just being that accountable guy as that number one. And speaking of accountability, one of the guys we saw take a huge stride last year was Jonathan Taylor right. in the backfield. Mm -hmm. How much is that going to help in Matt Ryan's addition to this offense? Well, Jonathan Taylor's definitely him. Like, <laughs> I mean, I think you, you have arguments everywhere, but to me, he's the best back in football. And when you look at, um, you know, what he did last season, I think if he got the same thing last year, not a, a cent over, you would take that 100 times out of 100. But I want to see them become more diversified as offense. Like, right. as good as Jonathan Taylor was last season, they became predictable late in season. And we, we all saw what happened week 18. I think you get to a point where you run a guy, you run a guy, you run a guy. At some point, you need your quarterback and your passing game to carry it. And so he's the one guy on this team I'm not worried about. You know, I think as long as he stays healthy, your offense is always going to be centered on him. Since Frank Reich's been here, you guys have been able to run the ball very effectively but my worry is the other guys around him um, I think for Jonathan Taylor you know I am interested to see if there's an element in the passing game that he can do even more because I'm intrigued at and I mentioned Naheem Hines earlier I'm intrigued at what they can do in games with both of those guys on the field and maybe if those young receivers aren't able to step up maybe your number two and number three receivers are Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor and so if you can establish those guys in both elements the passing game and the run game that makes you a little bit more diverse. I know JT's done a, done a good bit of it, but can he even elevate more in that game? Maybe less rushes, more passes. Maybe that could be an element that we see in, in a new way. For Cam, what Frank. about the bullseye, though, on his back? And let me explain. Yeah. Obviously, no superstars at the wide receiver position. Yes. A superstar in Matt Ryan and a superstar in JT. They're saying, hey, I'm zeroing in on this guy. What is it going to take? Is it is it a 50-50 year as far as passing and run, or is it 60-40 with the run versus the pass? What do you like with this offense? And, and again, these defensive coordinators saying, hey, we know we got a little way to stop Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, every offense is, is over 50-50 at this point. Like, I don't think there's any offenses that are more run than pass, but I do think that they're going to be more balanced towards the pass this season than previous years. Like I said, I think last year they were predictable at times, and particularly in the fourth quarter when you really needed to grind it out, you knew they were just going to hand the ball off to Jonathan Taylor and let him get out. I think what Matt Ryan adds is because you, you, can, you can always, from a defensive standpoint, you always have to know that he's a factor. And so a lot of times with Carson Wentz, you knew that whether it's lack of trust or lack of consistency, they just were not going to put the ball in hands, his hand in certain situations. That lack of predictability, I think, will help Jonathan Taylor. And you mentioned the bullseye. The guy works. I've seen him work. I'm not really worried about him and, and you know, the – 
the humbleness or he becoming too big. Um, you know, I, I don't, I'm pretty sure he doesn't really care about him being the number one fantasy football guy right. that everybody's picking up on. But I think I think the thing for him, like all backs, is staying healthy. Running back year to year is only based on health. We saw it with Derrick Henry last year. He 2000, 2000, then you get hurt, and then everybody's like, oh, well, is this the end? Right. Well, Jonathan Taylor, if you stay healthy, you're going to be in that same conversation year and year again. So only thing I'm worried about with JT is staying healthy. At Cameron <laughs> Wolf on Twitter, follow him there, Cam. Flip to the other side of the ball real quick. How valuable is the addition to Gus Bradley this year to this superstar-laden defense? No, it's, it's a huge factor because when you look at the secondary, it's a completely different group. And so I've watched down here one-on-one Stephon Gilmore going mm-hmm. against some of these guys, and yeah. you see some of these new additions. Uh, Gus Bradley, his reputation throughout the league is, is aggression, and he's he had that whether he's been in Jacksonville, whether he's been, been in Seattle. And so you're hoping that he brings that same mentality. Um, turnovers last year, they were number two, but the thing you always say about turnovers is hard to duplicate. Like, how do you guarantee you're going to have 33 right, right. turnovers again? Well, if you're aggressive again, the ball finds you. And so maybe it's not 33, but I like his mentality and how he goes about defenses. The pieces are there. You know, we got DeForest Buckner here. You you trade for Yannick Ngakwe. You got Stephon Gilmore. So I, you know you have that veteran talent. Haven't for me, seen, haven't seen Sha- uh, Shaq Leonard out there yeah, yet. Yeah, that that nice. you know, and and that's a question mark for me. I actually just got done talking with Chris Ballard a little bit, and that was one of my first questions. Right. I'm like, what, what what's going on, man? And, and 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 I'm not sure how much he shared, but I, I think their view is he'll be back here eventually. Yeah. You know, we don't see it as a long term injury, like he's going to miss the whole season. But there doesn't seem to be a set timetable like we we expect him back week one so a little bit of worry there but I I think you'll see Shaq Shaq, uh, Leonard at some point in 2022 we'll just see when it is now you mentioned Stephon Gilmore I'm going to go to the the other guy in the corner in the room and Kenny Moore Mm -hmm. what's that national vibe of Kenny Moore we know what he means here in Indianapolis I mean he's one of the fan favorites but that national aspect does he get enough due for what he does on the field yeah it's tough credit wise right because a lot of times you just see the top 10 corners and those are the guys who get the love the consistent guys the guys who don't give up the big plays but don't have 10 interceptions don't always get that love I think that if you people who are truly inside football evaluators coaches they respect them the fans, I, I don't know if there's a, nat- a lot of national fans who know who Kenny right. Moore is outside of Indianapolis, but that comes through winning. If you're winning, if you're a team that's going to be consistently in the playoffs and deep in the playoffs, you're going to be on TV a lot. And when you're on TV a lot, people notice right. players. So I don't think he has to become a 10 interception guy for them, to, for him to become one of the best corners in the league. I think for him, the team has to win. The defense has to rise. And through that, you'll notice who the guys are on the team. Cam Wolf, right there. Can you bounce around the AFC South with me real quick? Let's we'll do it get out of here what's going on in Jacksonville obviously year two for Trevor Lawrence we know what's going on in Tennessee with the king up there yeah. uh, Houston we're opening up week one with what is the rest of the AFC South look so like? I actually started my training camp tour in Jacksonville and the biggest thing I noticed there is that players were happy <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> not to take any shots there but right. uh, but but guys were really clear like publicly about how different it is with Urban Meyer gone and Doug Peterson there and so it's a new breath of fresh energy energy with Doug Peterson there look I don't think they're all of a sudden going to become a three from a three one team to a 13 win team but I do think they'll be better I think Trevor Lawrence will be closer to the guy that we saw out of Clemson Doug Peterson is a guy who's been a quarterback expert and so I was already seeing them in practice having some of their side conversations working on different elements of the game and so I think that Trevor Lawrence is going to be good there the other thing is Travis Etienne is back for them and he was the most impressive guy on the field when I was there in training camp coming off that Liz Frank injury I don't know if they should have paid Christian Kirk as much money as they should have um, but I do know that Travis Etienne and it's going to be one or number two on uh, Trevor Lawrence's top weapon. So I I think that Jacksonville is going to be a lot better
lot better than last season. You talk about the other teams, Tennessee is a very intriguing spot there because they've won the AFC South for two straight years, but they're, you know, there's a little shaky ground there. They traded A.J. Brown, yeah. and so he was their guy outside of Derrick Henry, but he, that guy in the passing game, and they replaced him with Traylon Burks, who's had mixed reviews this offseason. Earlier, there was questions about his conditioning and work ethic. When I was there a few days ago, they were talking about since training camp, he's been in great shape and he's looked good, so we'll see when the regular season's there, but I know that he's not going to be able to replace A.J. Brown by himself right. from, from week one, so that's a lot of pressure once again on Derrick Henry. We talk about it with JT here. You don't want your running back to carry the whole load. You don't want everything on his shoulder, and so I am a little worried that Tennessee is vulnerable, and maybe that's an opportunity for the Colts sure. to slide up. And a little bit him. of pressure on Tannehill's shoulder. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. The last year of his guaranteed yeah. contract here, so they drafted right. Malik Willis there in the third round. He's still got a ways to go. He's not going to be a threat in 2022, but in 2023, and then maybe that's the time where he could take over if Tannehill doesn't prove to be the guy. And briefly about the Texans, I, I think that obviously they're the team that's quote-unquote bottom of the vi division, but I like Lovey Smith as a coach, and I think that although the talent isn't there, I think they'll play hard, and I think they'll be better than they were last year. They're still two or three years away from being able to compete in this division, but I do think that um, they'll have the, the right culture to be able to maybe be a, a five or six one team, sneak up on somebody who doesn't you know prepare the right way on a given Sunday. That was great. If you want more of that, follow him on Twitter, at Cameron Wolf. Cam, appreciate your help. Best of luck out here on all the training camp visits you have. We're going to follow you on the network and on Twitter as well as your other social. Appreciate it. You're great. Appreciate you guys. All Thank right. you. Hey, the Goreman right there in Valier with that interview on Colts Happy Hour. Single game tickets for the Colts 2022 home games. Lucas Oil Stadium, of course, are on sale right now. Single game tickets for the Chiefs game and the Steelers game sold out. That makes me think that we're going to see a lot of those terrible towels in there. Please don't tell me. I hate the terrible towel. Hate it. Blow your nose in the terrible towel if you grab one right there. Hey, I will tell you this. Purchasing 2022 season tickets at Colts.com or purchasing a limited number of standing room only group tickets uh, or obstructed seat group tickets by calling Colts Ticket Office today, 317-297-7000. What I'm saying is that's how you could get to both the Chiefs and the Steelers game right now if you are looking for that single ticket type of situation. Now, for the rest of the home games, Lucas Oil Stadium this season, tickets, you can find them, Colts.com slash tickets or Ticketmaster.com. That is today one of the more interesting players, at least I'm interested in, uh, I love the acquisition of the offseason. Yannick Ngakwe is going to join the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, and the Gorman coming up on the other side. This is Colts Happy Hour, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Welcome back to the Colts Happy Hour. We're getting you in the know on the Colts heading into the weekend. Valle's got you with Steve Miller Band right there as we return to Colts Happy Hour, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Two games last night, preseason NFL. Giants 23-21 over the Patriots. Ravens 23-10 over the Titans. First time we got a look at Malik Willis. Uh, a backup quarterback, a rookie quarterback with the Tennessee Titans last night. Already underway tonight, five games in all. Falcons-Lions tied at seven as they start the second quarter at Ford Field. Browns, Jaguars, Cardinals, Bengals, Jets, Eagles, Packers, 49ers, all on the schedule coming up later on this evening. Colts 
Bills tomorrow. It's a 4 o'clock kick, 1 o'clock, your Colts pregame huddle with me. That is tomorrow afternoon. Meantime, on Colts Happy Hour, I'm very interested to see how this is going to work out defensively. In the offseason, Chris Ballard of the Colts acquired via a trade. Yannick Ngakwe, the first legitimate edge rusher we have seen around here since Robert Mathis. The voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. And the Gorman had the opportunity to catch up with a guy that I cannot wait to see play defensively this year. Fellas, go ahead. Well, I, I like to applaud Chris Ballard every chance I can get, and it starts with this young man, Yannick Ngakwe. Welcome to Indianapolis. We have been fearing you for years playing in Jacksonville, and now we're all on the same team. The first thought you have when you came here for the first time in Indianapolis, you know about the rivalry. It's a division foe and everything when you were t- with your time in Jacksonville. But coming in, and we've seen what you've done so far, but those first days, what was that like saying, hey, I'm an Indianapolis Colt? Oh, man, it just feels super, super great. And uh, first of all, thank you guys for having me. But, uh, you know, being in the AFC South was super special to me, getting drafted into there, you know, uh, being a Jaguar first. But being able to just, you know, re-enter the conference uh, with the help of Chris Ballard to be a Colt, it just means a lot to me. And I just love the culture here, uh, the humility here. Uh, the fan base is just super, super, super electric. So I'm just blessed. You're one of the most popular Colts early on in camp and one of the newest as well. We'll get to your off-the-field stuff in a minute by playing for Gus Bradley again. That had to be a draw coming to Indianapolis. What does he bring to this defense? That's right. What does the coordinator bring to your defense? Gus Bradley brings a lot of humility. And this guy I've seen uh, through the highs and the lows. You know him being my head coach my rookie year in 2016. Uh, we didn't have a really good season, and I can just tell, like, he puts everything on himself. He doesn't put nothing on the players, and it's super hard to find guys like that. And then also in a defensive uh, perspective, he's just a he's just a genius. He's a guru at it. Uh, he allows guys to just play free, play fast. We don't have too many responsibilities, and it's not it's, no, it's never holes in our defense if we execute it properly. Unique, you've been a part of this defense for most of your career. Like you said, Gus Bradley and Jacksonville with the Raiders, and now here with the Colts. Yes, sir. What is it about him and his scheme? that allows you to just play at your best. Yeah, absolutely. You know, certain schemes you have to read the offensive tackle, which can slow down the defense, uh, defensive end. So uh, Coach Gussie always emphasizes just get off on the ball and everything else will come to you. So if you get off on the ball, sometimes if it's a run play, you'll be able to make a TFL. If it's a pass play, you're already in your track to be able to get to the quarterback. So he just allows uh, defensive linemen in per- particular, that mm-hmm. being my position, to just be able to be free and go eat. Do you realize the, the tone that you're setting within this defense? Do you realize how much you're rubbing off on the rest of your teammates with – the way that you play and your attitude? I just try to be a servant leader, you know what I mean? Not just on the field, but off the field, you know, helping out the younger guys. And any questions they have, I'm an open book uh, going into my seventh season. So, right. you know, any any kind of uh, tips I can give my guys, I'm going to do it because ultimately if uh, our weakest link is, is strong, we'll all be tight, yeah. tight in that group. That's unique in Gakwe with us, Colts defensive end. You've been in other camps. How does this camp in terms of intensity and the schedule, just how does it how does it rank for you? So oh, uh, this is the number one camp for me. I'm not just saying that because I'm a cope uh honestly coach frankie does a great great job of taking care of our bodies we go out we go out we practice hard we practice smart we practice quick and we get back inside and that's that's a that, that just tells you that's a guy that's a former player that understands the aches and the pains that we go through to allow us to be fresh so we can head into week one with no injuries what's the goal unique of this defense as a whole listen to me gilmore on the backside, deforest buckner down low yourself off the edge shaq leonard behind you superstars everywhere what does it look like for you guys as a defensive group and what are some goals you're setting for yourself i want us to be the number one defense in all categories uh, at least top five and if we're a top five uh defense in all categories i feel like the percentage of us making the playoffs is extremely higher uh coach frank uh went about percentages and you know guys that have been in the top eight uh third down defenses have 
uh, allowed their team to be in a higher position to be able to get to the playoffs. Mm -hmm. The minute you walked into the facility, you became a team leader. That's just with you. That's your persona. That's your aura. Now you bring that on the field with the young guys. You're also part coach out here. I just feel like, like I said, man, learning from guys like Calais Campbell, uh, it was a blessing to have him walk in my career because he showed me the way that you should walk as a man, how you should walk as a teammate, and how you should, how you should walk as a brother. So I just try to, like, take what I learned from him and just implement it in the young guys so when I'm old, these guys can just pass it down and give it back and pay it forward. Unique, a lot of these players in the Colts defense, not all of them, but some of them are learning this defense for the first time or playing within it for the first time you've thrived in it you've seen it at its at its highest level under Gus Bradley how close is the Colts defense to operating you know at, at maximum level heading into the the regular season I feel like we're already there uh I feel like just from watching this last practice we're we're all becoming one uh and that's from the back end all the way to the front and I'm just proud of those guys proud of guys like Faison Kenny Moore uh Gilly guys like that these guys are locking people down and also one thing that really stands out to me is the defense is the communication yeah. the pre-huddle communication uh Z's I hear he's doing a great job of just you know getting guys in place and, and position to be able to be effective what's it like facing Matt Ryan day in and day out this is a future Hall of Famer absolutely and we may have another one in number 28 in the backfield oh yeah man Matt he's just uh one of the most humble guys you'll meet but I love his fierceness and his competitiveness his competitive toughness it shows each and every day in practice and uh he he, he helps guys you know through a I see him picking up O-linemen, picking up running backs, and allowing them to be able to feel free. Yeah, I tell you what, I had a nice moment yesterday, Mate. I want to tell you about it. I met your mom three years ago in the corner of the end zone where I do my thing on game days, and she was sporting your jersey, Jacksonville jersey. I said, you look like a proud, proud relative. She said, that's my baby out there. So we talked for the next five minutes, and I had a chance to meet her yesterday at camp, Absolutely. and we, we relived that. With that being said, what you're bringing to the community, obviously you love your family and everything, but what you've done through your Twitter account, what you've done for the teachers just in a last week and hey Colts fans I want to be a part of this where do I go for this what is that all about and you're embracing this whole community yeah, absolutely man I just been through a lot you know growing up you know coming from a, uh, a low impoverished background and I understand what certain kids are going through in this state and in this area so I just want to be able to just use my platform to give back as much as I can because at the end of the day uh, football will be over with you know and it's about the man about what did you leave you know your legacy well I love it what's this team bringing to the field every Sunday every Sunday we're trying to bring we're not going to try to bring we're going to definitely bring a lot of competitiveness toughness uh we're definitely going to bring a fight all the way to the end and i got my boys back 100 percent. i want to go to the the community side of things again i mean you've been here for what four four five months and yes, you're sir. already again a, a fan favorite because of the attitude that you have and embracing the community how did you go about finding out about all of these things and quickly as you did yes absolutely I just wanted to figure out what, what the problems were in the city and I know that uh, like I said relating it to myself coming from a, a background from domestic violence and like not really having too many funds to be able to provide for ourselves I right. just wanted to go and you know partner with somebody and the first uh, thought in my head was you know the Corbin safe haven place those those kids come from similar backgrounds as myself and I just wanted to continue to just spread the love going to the teacher perspective you know teachers and one of the hardest workers we have in our country no doubt and no they doubt. always chip into their own pocket to make sure that you know kids that come from similar backgrounds as myself you know actually have meals have extra books and stuff like that to be able to allow us to succeed in this life 1000 percent. how about that i mean as as the husband of a school teacher man you could not have said that any better and, yes, and it's, it is such a listen. I, this is a this is a story for a whole different show, sure. a different podcast. But man, you just get it, yes, and sir. so many people do not get it, and you do, man. It Thank is so, so refreshing to talk to the, you. This is a team leader. 
This is a humble man, and this is a man of service. I mean, what more do you want as, as, as a member of this roster? And if you're Frank Wright and Chris Ballard and Jim Mercer, welcome to Indianapolis. Thank you so much, fellas. I got, I got, I got one more football question. Yes, you're, going up against <laughs> Matt, you're going up against Matt Pryor at left tackle. How would you evaluate how that's going for him as a guy that's going to battle against him I every just, day in one-on-one? I feel like both of us are getting each other better each and every day. He's a guy that he can, he can switch up a set and give me different looks, and I'm a guy that can give him a different look from right. lining up super tight or lining up super wide against him. But – Matt has so many uh, intangibles that can make him super, super special, and I'm super excited to see uh, what he brings out this season get as your, my teammate. Get your number 91 jerseys ready, Colts fans, because he is coming. You can follow him on Twitter, at Yannick Ngakwe. Can't wait to watch you do your thing on Sundays. Appreciate Thank you so the time. much. Appreciate you guys. Uh, we got to get him on, Kyle. Yannick Ngakwe right there with the Goreman and Matt Taylor. Colts Happy Hour brought to you by Meyer. Meyer, the official super center of the Colts and a proud sponsor of hundreds of local sports teams across the Midwest. All right, other side, form credit union question of the week, and we'll sneak in a bit of a conversation with Colts defensive player coming back from an injury, Tyquan Lewis. That's up next. Colts Happy Hour, 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. Welcome back to the Colts Happy Hour. We're getting you in the know on the Colts heading into the weekend. Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The Forum Credit Union Question of the Week is follows. Since 2016, Yannick Ngakwe is one of three players with at least eight sacks in each season. Who are the other two players? The answer, Aaron Donald and Von Miller. By the way, both on the Super Bowl champion Rams. Last year, if you remember how they ended the season, two the only other players with at least eight sacks in each season since 2016. Form, credit union, fan form section of Colts.com. Interact with fans. Uh, just have a good time right there if you want to. Form, credit union, helping members live their financial dreams. The Goreman right now, the guy coming back from an injury, defensive player of the Colts, Taekwon Lewis, fellas. Joined now by Taekwon Lewis. Let's go back a minute. Before we talk about this training camp, injury last year to you, you're balling at the time, contract year, not sure what's going to happen. Colts come back, say, hey, we want you. Get back in here, start rehabbing. What was your mindset last year after their injury, knowing, hey, I'm a little undecided about my future, about what's going on in Indianapolis? Oh, uh, well, I just start, uh, you know, after it happened, uh, like, I couldn't, but I was just in, like, disbelief, like, it wasn't no no like hurt emotion or nothing. Like I just looked up at the sky and I just started laughing. <laughs> like I was just like, ain't no way. Like you mean on the on the carpet? I lose the soil. Yes. Oh man. Like the first thing I did, me and uh, Eb, you know, we we like cracked a laugh because I was just like, there's no way, like this is just happened. But I mean, I'm not really like a like made the play though. Yeah, made play. Play, yeah, but I gave it back up. So I was like, oh my god. And, like, I'm not really a sad guy. So, I mean, I guess at the moment, all I could do is just, like, laugh. Like, and I was just looking at it. I was like, oh, no. You had work in front of you. As soon as it happened, I looked at Evie. I was just like, well, let's just get back to rehab. I'm ready to go. Like, it didn't, it didn't really phase me until, like, I got out of surgery. And I was like, yo, like. I'm at home in the bed. Like, this is real. And, again, that undecided about what's going to happen next year. But the Colts come calling, and you continue your rehab. When you're healthy, you make plays on the field. This season, what's it mean to you? You know, uh, I had the same approach as last year, you know. Man, I'm just excited. I'm ready to go to work. You know, like, any any everything I could do to contribute, you know, like, I just want to be a factor, man. Like, not really – here to like be like boast who I am or like overcoming the injury is it's just already right, happened. 
let's get back to work. Like, let's 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 go. That's Tyquan Lewis. Now, before we talk about the new defense with Gus Bradley instead of Matt Eberflus, I want to talk about your new position coach and Nate Ali. What's your relationship with him? You know, he's a young guy, so I mean, we click a little better than an older guy, but. You know, it's like he's a great guy, like energetic. You know, he's always going. I mean, maybe that's the youth, you know. So, but I mean, he's he's a great guy. You know, he 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 believes what he preaches. That's the main thing. Like, you know, having a coach that believes what he what he talks about. You know, instilling in the players. Like, because if your coach doesn't believe it, then. Who am I to believe it? You know what I'm saying? Okay, Gus Bradley comes in. His system's different from Eberflus. Is it similar? Do you like playing for Gus Bradley? Is it similar to Eberflus, you know, the rah-rah type? He's going to chew you a new one if you're not doing the right thing on the field? Right. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's all kind of, you know, similar. But, I mean, different principles, I guess. You know, this is more attack, 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 upfield, you know, hit you in the mouth, you know, versus last year. I mean, it was still attack, but it was uh, – I guess you could say like more like gap discipline, like as far as like, you know, as far as like displaying how we do it now versus then, like now it's, all right, we're going to hit the, we're going to hit the gaps in ways of four and somebody's going to come behind us and clean it up. We're, all, we're getting off the ball every single play. Also, another addition by trade is Yannick Ngakwe. What does he bring to the defensive line room? Uh, he brings a tremendous amount of pass rush, you know. I mean, the upside, the things he does is like, it's, it's a thing of beauty, you know, just watching how consistent he does, like, the moves, you know. He, he doesn't, like, go out here and try to, like, create a new like move or anything he he does everything he's like that he's shown day in and day out <clears throat> and i mean it's, it's it's appreciative to watch hey you gotta work to stay in this league who gave you that mindset who showed you now and 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 that every day even though some days you don't even want to show up at practice you got to come in and you got to be 100 mile an hour uh i would be lying if i if i like could say like anyone else in the world but i mean being a part of this team man that's the main thing. Like you, it's not. It's not necessarily like oh, this teammate, that teammate, or this family member, or no one. It has to be you. You have to want to do it. That's the way I look at it. Like I don't, I'm not looking for any handouts, any pass on the back, man. I'm looking to work. You know, and I think it's just a mindset thing. Like these guys come to work every day, ready to go. Like that's what I'm saying. And if if I don't do it myself then I can't depend on anyone else to pick me up because, you know, those dudes, they're, they're not looking for pick-me-ups, you know. So, like, and we all in this together. It's all on – we all in the same grind, you know, and I think that's what make it, like, so so competitive, and I think that's what makes us, like, so tight-knitted because Grove challenges us and, you know, Buck, he, everybody challenges – we all have a challenge with each other, and, like, we're all, like, just trying to compete and – I thrive with competition. Like, I'm, you know, it, it gets down to the nitty-gritty. you like, man, like, I got to be the best me. I can't be nobody else, but I got to be the best me. Give me the expectations defensively for this talented group. We want to be the best defense uh, all around. We want to take the ball away. We want to take away everything you could think of. Every, we want every, We want to be the best total defense. You know, like, at the end of the year, it's, hey, how far can we really go? Can we really reach the top? You know, with our new saying, you know, we're going to the moon. Like, 
we seriously have to go to the moon. And in order to do that, we got to stop the run. We got to take the ball away, and we got to have we got to make other quarterbacks, you know, have long days. You know, that's 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 just how we're gonna get it done. I'm gonna say this: you had a hell of an off season, and what I mean by that is you got signed again. You came back stronger than ever after injury. You really haven't stopped working since you've been in this league. Going into this year, Taekwon, you knew you were gonna be ready to go. Did you take any time off away from football at all? I took two two weeks off. Well, not even two weeks off. Even during the two weeks that I had off, I t- flew to North Carolina with my family, and I brought uh, Andre with me in North Carolina just so I could have a trainer with me there. I said, I'm I'm not missing no days of anything. I refuse. I was like, there's no way. Like, soon as like I was like, I got to be ready to go as soon as the season starts. I was like, I'm not missing any time. You just. It's uh, Taekwon Lewis right there. Download the weekly official Colts podcast featuring the latest news, analysis, insight, and more. Interviews with Julian Blackman, Paris Campbell, and more. And about the installment of Inside Football with Rick Venturi. Check out those right now. Colts.com, the Colts mobile app, and the Colts audio network. Anywhere you download your podcast. Thank you very much. Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino here in Anderson. Cam, great job on the engineer Kyle, you to Mark. Great job from you. Tomorrow with me, 1 o'clock, Colts pregame huddle, 6 o'clock, B105.7, the JMV takeover. Have a great night.